Uh, no, I just tried to squirt you in the eye again. All right. Um, there was a problem where they had this random error that we had to thank you, lock it down. And that was basically a call I demand because we were ra there was a, a glitch where it would randomly or order things. Yeah. And then we found we actually found out why when they applied a hot fix it didn't hit for the server. That's what was this random thing was when you first log in, it goes to a server, you just randomly pick one. Four of those were bad. Since we found that out, we found back open, back open, so we got out there and problem solved. That was also why we couldn't launch our orders. This was actually started at, back in June. We had to wait. So, good things come to those who wait. All right, so let's just, just flip this thing on, or what are you? Oh, it's free to turn on. I'm on now. You're on your recording. Going now? Yep. All right, fine. All right. So, all those bad things I talked about are true? Yeah, I listened to them closely. Yeah. All right, good. Crop, please. So we're here to talk about something called the in-service. You guys will be taking this in about three short weeks. The good news is the in-service, they are a bunch of old men, chicks who decide to repeat test questions all the time. So it's the same stuff every year. Unfortunately, it's the same stuff every year. You're going to see the same thing. So we're going to hit these points home. Sorry if you've heard this before, but really, these are going to be the high yield points. Visual diagnosis. This is one thing I've been doing for years. I think it's like my 13th year doing this thing. This is all the high yield ones from the in-service. The in-service, the first 35 questions or so are visual diagnosis questions. I always say, cover up the picture when you first see it. Read the question. About half the time, you can actually get the answer without even having to see the picture. And then when you see the picture, you can kind of go, gee, I was right. Half the time, you need to look at the picture, go from there. Um, the test, again, they have to have a right answer. They try to stay away from gray areas. And that's about all I can think of. On the topic of who cares, this is one of them that's there a lot. So just remember it, burn it into your head. So going around the room, it's going to start with West. This is a certain kind of snake. They always want to know whether this is poisonous or not. Why? I don't know why they care, but they do. So. Uh, yes, it is. Okay, so why? It's red on yellow. Red on or yellow, kill a fellow, red on black, friend of, friend of Jack. I don't know who Jack is. It's, uh, it's, just remember this one. Red on ye yellow. Red is touching yellow here. Poisonous. Copper snake. Oh, sorry, coral. Yes, sorry. Either way, they're both not good to be bitten by. <laughs> both poisonous, so. But yeah, it's coral snake, but the idea is this is not good. All right. All right. This one we see down here, but they love this on the test. So, Matt, this kid comes in, shorter breath, saw that his lips, that her lips were blue. Only medication is peridium, which she took for her UTI from her boyfriend. What is this called? What do you do? This is kind of, this is kind of what they'll ask you. You know, it's the double jump. It's what is the issue, and then what do you do to treat? So you need to first know what's wrong, and then how do you treat? So is this, um, is this uh, what is it, G6? 
close. If you have this condition in your G6, you're kind of screwed. So yes, but it's not that. Didn't get back to him, but it's well a medication that causes your blood to do something weird. Yeah, this is methemoglobinemia. Benzocaine can cause it, idiosyncratic reaction. Basically, your heme cannot carry ox oxygen as well. Depending on how much you've got, you'll decide whether you want to treat or not. This is peridium-induced methemoglobinemia. The one that they like to test is it going to be well water or hot dogs. Because hot dogs are pickled with nitrates. And they seem to like this. If you were to look at the blood, it would be this chocolate brown color, they claim. Um, the sinus will not improve with oxygen because your heme is blocked. Or, or basically, your heme can't carry it. It's wrong. But methylene blue is for a severe case, but methylene blue can make you worse. If they give you a question about do you treat the percent or the level, the answer is no. Basically, treat symptoms. So if they were passed out. Max, you decide to pose. <laughs> yes, this is actually a rectal prolapse. We had a patient come in here last week with one. Um, what is, what kind of patients get this? Older patients. Yeah, usually older constipation type things. Downs patients living at, you know, a, a short bus school. I'm not sure what the official name you'd call that, but something nice about that. Uh, what is your therapy, or what can you do in the ED for it? Because remember, if it stays out here, this can actually cause necrosis. So what what do you do? So you can manually reduce it, and if okay. you can, then you have to call surgery. Yeah. What are some tricks you can do to actually manually reduce this? How can you reduce the sw swelling? Oh, yeah. There's weird things you can do. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. Sugar. 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 Not to make it taste good. It's strictly just to actually, it does, it'll de desiccate it. It'll desiccate it. Not salt. Salt would hurt like you <laughs> believe. Yeah, you would definitely sugar. Uh, yeah. All right, so I think I had this one in the last week's one. So here's your free gift one. Yeah, subconscious. Nothing to do. No big deal. Yes. History of IVDA shows you the foot. What do you think? Send home. Options are to send home, to consult derm, get blood cultures, and admit, start antibiotics. God, that seems like overkill. Um, this is septic and blood being flung. So the heart, you probably get an echo of the heart. Roth spots. Janeway's nodes, Osler, you know. Yeah. All the different things for it. Shreese, jump it over to you. And I'll come back. This uvula looks kind of big. The throat gargled voice. Uvulitis. Yes. Also known as? 
there's a pulse that if you have an aortic insufficiency murmur, you get the same thing. Quinky. Again, why do you care? Not. This is total medical minutia, but this is quinkies. It can be. Was really bad and like bothering them and tickling their throat with like clip off the end. Oh my god! Wow. Patience, yeah. Wow. Yes, you can bleed bad. Made them feel better. Yeah. So this is going to be caused by. It's usually it can be either an allergic reaction. When we say aller allergic, it's an angioedema of the air area. Goes away by itself. Can also be caused by strep and can be infectious too. Again, why they care about all this? It's just one of those random factoids. That's why Sharice, I bumped to her, was we actually had, had, had one. So, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Quinky's edema. I don't know why they call it that, but that's what it's called. All right, so we're back to, I think we're on, right? One post. So the question will be, you have a diabetic patient who comes in here, and it'll be, what is your th therapy? Do you, you know, consult Durham? Do you check their insurance card? Do you consult, although what will be, do you consult Euro or G-Surge? That's one's up for a debate, which one you call. But it's really bright lights, cold steel. You, it's a necrotizing infection of the skin. It's basically neck fast of the groin. So, and what they will usually do is they'll basically breed the skin. What do you do with the test testicle though? You just go snip. It's the same thing. You make a pouch for it. Basically, it's got its own blood su blood supply. You basically make a pouch until you can skin graft and make a new scrotum. A zip, a zip lock. <laughs> Have balls will travel. <laughs> All right. Um, actually, last week I had one of the guys in IT call because he was out in Vegas with his wife. I swear it's with his wife, who unfortunately got this. I'm on the phone describing it to him, telling him about his tongue and all. So, uh, who are we on to now? Which name is this? Shahina. So, this New Yorker, unfortunately, was someone like BC. I had to do, do time back there. So, does it, and whatever they give for the test, if they say where they're from, pay attention to it. There may be a reason why. In this case, it will make a difference. New Yorker, one day of right facial weakness, no past medical history. What's the diagnosis? What should you, do you rule out, and how do you treat? All right, so you're saying peripheral because in, it's hard to see here, but you should see the forehead drooping up here too. That's a peripheral lesion. It hits the whole face. Perfectly done. Because New York, you need to think about this, it's more common on the East Coast. Again, Pacific Northwest up around uh, Redwood City, supposedly is a small vector there, but down here, don't. They, some people that trained back there, Andrew Chang was here as faculty. He, he trained back east. He says that they were taught to always LP, LP these guys. 
Just same out there. Now, therapy. What do you do to treat? I want to say doxy. But Sorry, not for, not for, not, not for Lyme, for her bells. For, for the other thing, you're right. Do, doxy is for Lyme. So, doxy Lyme. Uh, steroids are still believed to work. A cycle of year, this current science is probably squat, not saying it works. They're not going to ask them in the test because if you ask most of us, do we still treat? Probably, yeah. When I called in the meds for my friend to the, to the Las Vegas place, which was kind of hard to find, it was like 10 p.m. at night. Finding a 24 hour pharmacy in that town was actually hard. I'm going, yeah, it's like nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, <coughs> If you want your penicillin for your GC, it was fastifying, but for this, prednisone was fastifying. But yeah, I, I called the city, he goes, you don't want a cyclovir? I says, no, I don't want it. And he's like, are you sure? He says, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. But test question will, pro will probably develop because also the test question is about five years old at least because you have to go through and validate. Austin. You decided to go in the mi mirror and look. Okay. So you see this in a dermatomal pattern. Can actually be in two dermatomes for an immune competent person and still be okay. I used to think there was two. It meant you were totally messed up. You can have to up to two. So don't freak out. But what do you think this is? Dermatomal grouped vesicles, if you catch it early. This is zoster. It's a reactivation of herpes. Herpes zoster. This is uh, your chicken pox that reactivates, co comes out. There's debate whether if you've had the vaccine, whether you can actually get this or not. I don't know. Therapy is, again, if you get them early enough, a cyclovir might help. The big thing is post-herpetic neuralgia is a big thing. It hurts. All right, Randy. Sixty-six. Yeah, sixty-six-year-old guy. Two days fever, throbbing, perianal pain. Worse when they sit, cough, or strain. So, Valsalva makes it get worse. Fluctuant. That's what you see. What did you do? How do you manage this? Well, fluctuants can be perianal or perirectal. It depends on where it's at. But with it being with Valsalvin, you're going to think deeper up. And if you do a rectal exam, the textbook is, you want to feel for kind of the end of it. And if you can't, you think it's a higher up abscess. Potentially CT. Now, you talk to some of our CT guys here, or sorry, some of our colorectal guys here. They'll say it's a normal abscess. Just drain the thing and then still get the scan. But most of us are too much of wimps. I admit it. I want to make sure I'm not getting an issue rectal fossa abscess where basically just tracks up. So if it's a small, discrete abscess on the skin, you just drain and send home. If there's any question about going higher up, CAT scan to look for how far it goes. Yes? I mean, generally, if it's even like it's not by the anus, we're probably going to be okay. But if it's directly near the anus, would you? What would be your threshold for seeing that too a lot of fistula? If it's not so much a fistula, it's just basically the abscess tr tracking up. 
Typically, if I stick my finger in there, and I can definitely say the absence stops here, where it still seems to be unpleasant, but you say, does that hurt? And you go around 360, there's no pain, no pain at all. I've sent people home with that, and just basically drain, the pain's completely gone. If there's any question, they'll scan. All right, I think we're back. Do we, anyone else hiding that back there? Nope. Back to Wes. Uh-oh. Uh, probably uh, incarcerated inguinal hernia, or uh, umbilical hernia. All right, so what are the four grades, and when do you need to emergently operate? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have the three. Come on. Expect I mean, more from you. If you can't push it in, you've got to operate on it. Yeah. Much. There are four grades. Grade one, it pops in and out by itself. Grade two, it's stuck out, but you can, you can push it back in. Grade three, it's stuck. Carcer, car, carceration. Four, strang, strangulation. Strangulation is obviously bad news. It twists on itself, vascular blood flow is cut off, it dies off. That's bad. Grade threes can become grade four. That's why they emergently will operate on those two. You can push back in, they go home. There's debate though, if it's stuck out there for a while, was it stuck? Did it lose some blood flow? So if you had an old guy who's been throwing up, kind of implies that the tube is clogged, and you're able to like kind of shove it back in there, did you just shove dead bowel back in? I don't, just a thought. I don't know the answer to that one, but just consider that one. So if they did have a question about, this guy has been out for hours, throwing up constitutional symptoms, I think you would be okay to say consult G-surge and possible admit. All right, Matt, this is the, sa the same thing. It's also called St. Anthony's Fire. St. Anthony's Fire is also the name for it. Light My Fire is an old door song, but um, it's St. Anthony's Fire. This is a red kind of rash or thing with a very raised edge. You can feel the edge. Usually happens in old, older folks too. Yes. Pull that one back, some, some back spot way back there. Yeah, St. Anthony's Fire, sorry. All right. What do you treat, or how do you treat? Uh, you treat for, I think it's uh, or what? Strep. Yep. So the question will be, how do you tr treat this? And, and you know, this is, you know, erysipelas, and it's penicillin as the therapy. Do these guys get admitted? I have sent them home. I have a like I had a pregnant lady with erysipelas, like immediately got admitted. That's the only time I've ever seen it. Just because she was pregnant. BC, I mean, thoughts that one? Yeah. Yeah, pregnant is a wild card to throw in there, but. Yeah, I called OB just for for grins, just to be like, hey, you know, can you see this lady? And they're like, oh, crap, she's got to get admitted. And they're like, yeah, but they still know? believe in using, like, what's that drug? Hydrazine? It's like that's like 1943 or something. Actually, the reason why we keep people NPO is, is their fault, too, because of all the. OB stuff saying, you know, you have to be MPO for eight hours because in 1943, I think they had an art article saying that. But yeah, most of these I would send home. You could just give them like something like a mop, right? Penicillin will work fine. 
Strep is still exclusively sensitive to penicillin. It's a sharp, it's one of those things that it's like classic. It's like you see in the palate of the throat, you see little red dots. Palatopatechiae, that is strep throat for sure, treat. Same thing, you see the red, red raised edge, you can feel it. That's erysipelas treat. All right, Max. Ah, you're getting too smart. The story will be PA, and this has happened to me, a PA has a patient who, patient gets cut, they got their hand in flexion, pain on passive extension, sausage digit. Um, you know, basically, oh, Catholic, go, go home, right? Hand surgery. This is a infection of the flexor sheath. So, what about the infections of the extensor sheaths? What do you think? One. Do you admit? What do you think about the infections of the extensor sheaths? This is a pull your leg question. There is no such thing. <laughs> Yeah, there are flexor sheets. That's why they're bad on this side. Flexor side is bad. Extensor, there's no sheets. I mean, if you feel your hands, you can feel little just little bands here. Di different on the flexor side. That's what's more involved here. And there's our can cannibal signs: swollen, flexion, pain on passive exten extension, and then also if you press the, the sheath. Cases when I've had this have been like this, and I mean, you press down here and it hurts. I mean, if you're way away from where it swells up here, press down here. So this was on the test two years ago? Yeah, this... Because I, I take the test with you guys, this was on the test. They were recycled these. They ask you what are the canable, canable signs, yeah. and then yeah, they put you, give you a whole bunch of combinations and stuff, which I never memorized, but it is on the test. So it would typically hurt in an area that the swelling hasn't gotten to? Correct, because it's the whole sheet that's actually in... Affected. Good. I don't make up the test. This is what they do. They test on it and fine. Is this a perinechiae or just a subungal abscess? Or is it a felon? So good. That's what. And remember, a lot of these are up here to discuss what these could be. Not just the picture isn't as important as what are they going to test them? Fingers. Felon. What's a felon? And not a, not what you get from across the street. Not a Theo Lacy guy. What is this? If it's a felon in the finger, what is it? It's a pulp or pad infection there. It's basically an abscess in there. You can drain those. There's a debate whether you go from the side or top. I used to come from the top when I drain it myself. There's a debate whether we should do them or not. I do them myself. That's the first one. Two, perinechia. What is that? Epinechial fold, basically the fold gets infected, can first become red and swell up. Usually in a 11 blade, boom, pop it, they get relief, they're gone. This is an infection under the nail itself. Subungal abscess, probably got a splinter there or something, just snaps us there, drain it. All right. So, this lady, unfortunately, is the picture always, whenever you see this one, it's always her, but, um... <laughs> Good. So, 
Real story, I have this where I got nasotracheal intubate somewhere, actually be fiber optically intubated through the nose, put the, you know, put the tube over there and look down tuber. She came back in the next year on another prenatal drug, her doctor. <laughs> 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 yeah, real story, you cannot make that up. Um, what about ARBs? Are they involved in this? Less degree, so yes. They think bradykinin inhibition or whatever, the pathway is why this comes up, but the answer is yes. The test will be something about, how to, also, how do you treat? So if they said this, what do you do to treat? Don't take that medicine. True. But what do you acutely do? Uh, intubate. You check the This is not a yes-no binary, the thou, thou shalt tube. It's a probably tube. If they're bad enough, their floor is not getting that big. Some of these are going to be quasi, where they may just be small, smaller things. So it's not a must. Let's assume that the airway has been addressed. What else do you do? That's exactly the point, although you probably would just do it anyways to see. There is some talk of whether C1 esterase drugs may help, FFP might help. Definitely with the hereditary form of this, definitely helps. For this, if it's bad enough, you might do it in theory, although for most of these, you just wait time, it goes down. But I'm trying to think about how long the tests are going to kind of somehow parse this out. Because they will probably have a picture, and then they're not going to say, oh, it's just nice. No, they're going to get one more step beyond that. What do you do? How, how do you treat? What do you do? Okay. This is one they seem to like a lot. One. This guy was wel welding and or trying to snowboard. He was so cool. Both these guys said, I'm not going to wear my shades. I'm too cool for that. So it comes down the mountain. Has some beers, feels good. Ten p.m. at night, about to go to bed. All of a sudden, cries like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> yeah, this hurts badly. It's basically when when you look at this under the slit lamp, what do you see? You're probably gonna see a bunch of little fluorescing dots uptake, just punctate, boom, boom, boom. It's basically small little burns, UV burns on the eye. Heals up. Therapy is basically going to be a cycloplegic. You want to paralyze the eye because ciliary spasm hurts badly when it has to constrict. In theory, it's going to be cycloplegic agents. Cyclogel is what we use here a lot. Atropine would probably not be a good choice because it's going to paralyze the eye for like weeks to uh, days to weeks. Antibiotics, more just to keep it moist. Tetanus seems to be on all the time. Whenever they deal with eye things, I don't know why, but on the test, they seem to like that tetanus for eye stuff. This is antibiotic um, ointment. Ointment, just strictly to keep it moist. It's like a corneal abrasion is what this is, a bunch of small ones. Shahina. This guy comes in, actually doesn't look too bad, except for the eye, of course, but... So the question is, what do you need to check, how do you treat, and what's your dispo? Okay, so, um, so it looks like it could be like a periorbital cellulase, but my concern would be that it could be deeper. Good. Orbital. Mm -hmm. um, I'd want to assess his eyes with the movements, his visual acuity, and then like his CT. Okay. 
Ex excellently done. So dispo, if it is a periorbital versus orb orb orbital, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Nice and done. So the things to know in this, it's preceptal versus postceptal. The septum is basically preceptal, not bad. Post is basically inside the eye, almost. The things to, th to think about, it's going to be caused by most of your strep, pneumo bugs, marxala, basically your sin sinus bugs. Also H flu can be in there, non-typal H flu. Pain on extraocular motions are the big thing for this thing. Because remember, 3, 4, V, 1, and 6, jumping onto another thing. Cavernous sinus thrombosis, if you get an infection there, those will be, in, be involved. These are all the eye things you might come to. But for this one, pain on EOMI means that there's something in the orbit getting mucked with. Now, in real life, there's quasis where kind of it's, you, you mu your muscles move so it kind of hurts the eye. Those are probably ones you're going to scan to make sure. But textbook is going to be. Pain on e, uh, EOM equals orb, 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 orbital. No pain equals periorbital. The therapy is oral versus IV and admit. Okay, this is timely that it comes to someone whose husband is one of these guys. Nicely done. Um, so it's a class three dental fracture. Okay. Um, How do you treat? Assuming you're not married to a guy that can take care of this on a phone call or a whim. Well, the pulp's exposed. Um, also, the nerve roots exposed. Yeah. So, what's class one? Class one is just usually the enamel. The enamel gets chipped. Class two is dentin, so it would be yellow. Yep. You see blood, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, they need to see a dentist uh, very closely within 48 hours. But within 20, 20, 24 is textbook, even sooner. Because if you want to try to save the nerve root, although most still require a root canal, these hurt. These are ones you need to cover that nerve up. So uh, I was trained bone waxing. That's not what you want to use now. They want to use calcium alginate or something like that. To that dental box we've got, mix the stuff up. Basically, you want to cover up the nerve root. So this is again the Ellis classification of tooth fractures that supposedly no dental folks ever use, but we still keep it on our tests. Alginate, I thought. Yeah, I think that's the name. Don't quote, but it's calcium. It's a calcium mi mixture. It mixes up. Basically, if this happens for real life, like, like everything else. Uh, they've got a zinc oxide huge in all paste. It's one of them. I think ours is a calcium-based one. You're going to go Google and say, well, how do you, you know, what do you put there, or what do you, why do you stock there? Most of us have got something to basically cover up the root. Actually, one thing supposedly, this is anecdotal and supposedly works. What can you use to sew up or to fix little wounds in small kids? Derm, derm, derm bond. Supposedly, Dermabond can actually be put on there on the dot. Yeah, there's actually cases about where you can use that. So if you're really in a bind, because it basically would occlude it and wouldn't let air get in there. Sorry, I kind of just jumped to the thing. So uh, primary tooth gets knocked out, what do you do? Don't replace it because it can kind of fuse to the bone. 
secondary teeth put back in as fast as you can. Now the question on the test one time was, um, patient gets tooth knocked out, it's usually drunk guy, bar fight type thing, tooth gets knocked out, what do you do? Do you carefully scrub the base of the nerve, or the base of the tooth, make sure all the junk gets off? Do you just lightly douse in water and shove it right back up? Um, do you stick in milk? Do you transport in, mo in, mama's, in mama's mouth? Answers B, C, and D are actually sort of right. Uh, milk you can use. They may, they may say this thing called Hanks. There's this little liquid called Hanks that you supposedly have for it. Milk can work. But the best thing of all is just get off gross debris and shove it back up as fast as, as, as you can back the socket. And what you'll do is you'll actually anchor it to the next tooth to hold, the, hold this in place. They have a paste. Yeah, they make a paste that basically forms a band. You basically want to make a bridge. All right. Austin. This person is working in a factory. It can be either working in a factory trying to etch glass, a bicyclist who decides to clean the rust off his wheels. Um, Glass etching, bicyclist is a third one that's commonly used. I'm blanking now. Metal refining could use this thing too, but the main things are going to be at home. Small, small amounts are going to be a bicyclist, etchings of glass and or rust. Industri industrial accents are going to be different, but what do you think this is? Now, hydrofluoric acid, it's an acid, so it should cause what kind of burn? Correct. It forms an SR, so it won't burn more. Bases are worse, but this acid's like a base, so it what? Yeah, liquefacting the cross if it were to burn you. That's the thing to keep to keep in mind. It basically keeps going down until until you stop it. Now, hydrofluoric, the F. What does it do, or what what do you treat? Tell us about that. It binds calcium. It basically drops your calcium. Supposedly, a and I had one of these industri industrial accidents one time. I don't know how, it was more like works in the lab. Had a 50% concentration of stuff. Had a 1% burn. That's enough to actually kill, kill you. It'll bind the calcium that fast or that avidly. So if the therapy is calcium. Typically, it's in the hands. It's where you work. So yes, you have to use an intraarterial calcium. Doesn't make a difference which way you put the cath. One time I thought you'd be pushed downstream to shoot that way. No, it just basically. But arterial, you want to deliver the drug to the end where it's at. So you'll actually put in an art 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 line for it. Yeah. There's talk of whether you can use pace and off. It's a small burn, possibly, but most of these are burn centers get involved. You irrigate the area, but you treat with calcium. Yeah, it can be for days. Because it keeps it bur burning. You're basically trying to give the hydrofluoric or the fluoride ion enough calcium to bind to. Oh, Lisa. 35-year-old male. So younger guy, systemically looks well. Except for this nasty thing. I'm going to go with Melissa, I guess. 
Pemphigus or pamphigoid, which is worse? Pemphigus vulgaris is, means vulgaris just means common. Pemphigus vulgaris is worse. Pemphigoid means it's like. This is bullus pamphigoid. Not as severe, younger person, tense bullae. You contrast it to this, which is going to be an older person who is going to have mouth ulcers, and this is pemphigus vulgaris. Usually they have some autoimmune issue, cancer, something hiding out much more severe or more bad long-term. All right. Kenny Kim. Anyone-year-old woman who's altered, throwing up on hemodialysis, high blood pressure. Pressure is 350 over 250. I'm making that up to give you a hint. <laughs> Has vessels of steel, all right? <laughs> if you've never seen this before, you're going to go, what? How do you eat there? So high, high blood pressure history altered. What should you start thinking about? Forget the EKG. EKG is not fair. You have a patient who comes in here, medics say we have poss possible stroke, blood pressure sky, sky high, and they're altered. What do you think? Is that for lopsy is one or a bleed? A brain bleed. So now why the EKG? And what do you see in this EKG? Uh, white, complex, slow. Um, yes, yeah, so you get, I think, you get like Q-wave inversion. Do you see T-wave inversion diffusely? Yeah. Deep symmetrical T-wave inversions. Don't ask me why. This is on the test. They like this one. Oh, right. Deep symmetrical T, T waves from a brain bleed. It's called cere cerebral T waves. And why? Don't know. You just get them. And why they like them on the test, I've got no clue. Don't blame me. Have you ever actually seen that? Yeah. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> You will see it. I wouldn't say it's common, but it's common enough that we've all seen cases with, with this. I mean, to see them like that, though, just to see like that. I mean, I've seen a few flip T's, but not. I mean, this is diffusely flipped. I mean, what it's right, it's really not that when I get one, I make sure and call folks over to say, "Hey, look, you here." Good point. Yeah, that's true. Brain and the heart do link, and that's, I think, why. One. Boxers. You were bad last night. Boxers. So how do you treat if you are in the U.S. or if you're in Great, Great Britain? Okay, well, if you're in the U.S., if it's greater than 40 degrees of angulation, all worth it. If not, you can go ahead and split it. You can reduce it yourself to a view, but yeah, but it's... 40, 30, 20, 10 is what we train to. Also, rotationally, don't, don't want to have any twisting. Angulation's okay, twisting is not good. And how do you treat in Europe? Ace wrap, they've shown actually the same outcomes as us. I, I listened to a really cool lecture by Dr. Fox uh, a couple days ago, and he actually uses what he calls a poor man's C-arm, 
which is ultrasonography, and puts it right on there. And you can actually, as you're manipulating it with another partner, uh, and, and ED tech, you can see the reduction take place. So you can actually see the bone displaced, like, let's say it's greater than 40 degrees, and you can see it come together. And then the trick is really holding the bone together while you, while you plaster yeah. it, which is hard. That's cool. <laughs> That's actually the tricky part. Yeah. You can, uh, <coughs> I haven't done it myself, but he made it look really easy, which he makes everything look easy. But, uh, Intrinsic flexion will do, but it's hard to yeah, these, these always pop back out. That's why in Europe have shown great out outcomes. Just ace rep. We can do a fracture block pretty easy. Yeah. Hematoma block, just stick the stick the lidocaine right in there about three or four cc's. You can do one change. You can either do that or on 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 a nerve block right here. Feel for it. It's not that hard to do. We've got that cool little white book where it talks about you know all the nerve blocks and where to go. Patients love them. They're not hard to do. And if you want to use that fad called ultrasound, you can actually look and see exactly where where to go. Alright. I forgot who I had this patient with. It was a different one than this one, but all right, Randy Wu. So, jumping to you again. This is the guy, patient again, drinking beers. Our guy was a Hispanic guy, three days out, was trying to clean his paint gun. And when I say the paint gun, I mean paint spray gun. And finger, they always, for some reason, put the fingertip against the edge to make sure that it's like, somebody put their finger there to get it cleaned out or something. And he pressed it and felt pain. So it's usually, oh, this guy came in like this. I, 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 I can recall walking in the room, busy day, I just got there, said, okay, saw some paint, paint on his hands, painter, little, just a small little red dot. This is again, three days, so it started to swell and become painful, so easier. I walk right out and called who? Hand. This is a nasty infection. It tracks down and basically have to fillet this open. You get basically crud going down the sheets. They don't, they don't, they don't do well. So they need to go to OR for debris. You need to open, open the hand. Shahina, African-American male. So the test will be, what blood test will help diagnose this? Kind of one of those double jumps. Or what will help diagnose the un underlying condition that caused this? He's a hyphema. You can see that little layered out red little line there. It can become small like that or become eight ball where it's the whole eye. You grade them how much it goes up there. They can clog the canals of schlem. Basically, they can get clogged. So you want to keep them up, up, upright until this resolves. You can see that they've done this before because in the old days they've cut a little wedge out. Now they do with a la laser iridectomy. Basically, pop a hole to relieve pressure here. But what do you want to check for? Um, I guess the concern would be for underlying sickle cell. Yes. Sickle cell prep. Okay, your tick count can be up for several things. If you want to actually say what's the cause, the test question will look for sickle cell prep. Is that? A smear? I think it's a smear, I believe, although I don't know how it's done.
don't care too. More importantly, this is the test question, so you answer it and just move on because clinically, not helpful. It's a smear. All right. Austin. Five-year-old boy has joint pain, abdominal pain. What test do you need to check before you think about either having them come in or go home? Uh, I think you may have, like, um, what you said, abdominal pain, joint pain? Abdominal pain, joint pain. It's raised areas on his legs. Kind, kind of like yes. <laughs> yeah. We want to check the kidneys and the GI tract. So it's get a grip. So remember, abdominal pain, 79% of cases, GI bleeds. So you do a rectal exam and see if it's gross blood or what. You would check his, you know, you check a, B, a BMP, make sure his kid, kidneys are working well. IgA can go up. Arthritis, and the key thing is all the cases that on onset half, by the time that they're into this full thing, they all get the raised rash. Her, right there. All right. Uh, good that we get to Pam. Um, she's half this. <laughs> to get half the answer right. Yeah, this was, they still like this one. They put this on there a lot. This, I believe, the type one, but don't quote me. I always forget which one's which one. But this is the, looks like kind of a right Bundabrent block looking pattern V1 through V3. And it, it doesn't say which one this is. No, it doesn't say which one. But this is a, it's Brugada. And what is the ther therapy for it? But, yeah, AICD. They think it's a so, so, sodium channel issue. Not sure why. Supposedly the Brugada brothers were like these doctors from South America, I think. They did all this heart research. They found this back in 81 or so in that time frame. This used to be really cool. Now we kind of know about this, but they still like to see this on the test. Back to Wes. She can bend that finger normally and everything? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Should you, what test question will be, do you treat with IND, uh, warm compress, a cyclovir, or check her insurance card? You know the answer, but uh, it's probably a D plus. <laughs> um, does she uh, does she have anything like anywhere, any other lesions anywhere, like on her mouth or nope genital? Nope. Oh, she's a nurse. That's the uh, so she probably got Whitlow. Yeah, exactly. Herpetic Whitlow. The questions will be bartenders. They're washing dishes, I guess, maybe because someone had herpes on the glass or something like that, I guess. I mean, it's the <laughs> test question will say, bartender doing washing or nurse? I don't make up the test. Why is that not just the fourth? What? Why is that not just the fourth? 
It's a virus. It's a virus. You'll see it. These little vesicles here. It starts up as clear, and then as time goes on, it becomes more white. Dentist too. Look out. <laughs> Who's up next? Uh, yeah, so good job. So you have a posterior cell sign here and tear sign here too. You've got them both. Here's my pointer here. Um, posterior, you, sh you shouldn't see. Anterior, you can see some, but this is a little bit out than it should be. What does that imply for this patient? Is this a kid or an adult? Is this a kid or an adult? Is this x-ray from a kid or an adult? Oh, is this from a kid or an adult? Uh, looks like an adult. Uh, let's see the other 50%. Yeah, <laughs> so you have this is just dumb, dumb it down like this. That's why we go through it. First, yes, no, kid or not, because it, it plays into adult. Radial head fracture. Occult equals rate rate radial head fracture. Now for a kid, what what's it going to most likely be? Bless you. Supercondylar fracture. Old school, all these kids came in for vascular checks. Newer school because they can get Volkman's ischemic contracture. Newer, as long as they're not displaced, I think it's a millimeter or less, they can go home in a splint with careful obs, come back at worst type of thing. But the key is, sale sign, you see some fat pad there. When you look here, you're not going to see a break. But there's actually a break there. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, free air underneath. Okay. Yep. When can this be a normal finding? If it's on the left side, it's probably your stomach. Okay, oh, fair post, enough. Uh, post-surgical. Post-surgical, yes. And this is what occasionally they'll have, too. Because when they do, um, when they uh, do with all the cam cameras and all, when they do their little camera work, they inflate your gut with CO2. I think we did this last time, but still, it's important to know this one. Elisa. Yeah. 27-year-old right-handed man with right wrist painter falling down a flight of stairs while being drunk. It definitely looks wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So the test questions are, it looks wrong, that's answer A. It's like, let's go shopping would be answer B. C is going to be perilunate or lunate dislocation. Which one do you think this is? Does this bone belong here? Does this belong here? So what bone is this? Yes. 
Does that look in place? No. Try the other one. Yes, it does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a is fine. So is this a lunate dislocation or a perilunate dislocation? Watch the head. Perilunate dislocation. So again, it's the key is, is this bone in or not? You'll either see the spilt teacup, where this will be turned outward. That's a, lun lun a lunate dis dis dislocation. Not here. This is a perilunate dislocation. This is actually easier to reduce because you basically have to pull it out and go up there. When the spilt teacup's out there, it's hard to get back in. Basically, have to cut you. What nerve gets hit most commonly? Yes. Whoever said it over there, yeah. Median nerve. And that was what they had one year. Was what nerve is most com commonly hurt? So just, just to reiterate what Dr. Rudkin's saying, so the perilunar dislocation, if you look at that lunate bone, it's sitting right on top of the radius, right? That's what it should, so should that's be. That's in the right place. It's, it's in the not seas. in the right place. It's everything distal to it. Oh. It's off. Gotcha. That's yep. why it's perilunate. Oh. Yep. If it's a lunate dislocation, the lunate's actually off. This is, this is, although you look at it, you're like, whoa, all I see is the lunate, but it's not yeah. the lunate that's off. Okay. Burn this into your head. They have this all the time, and you'll be surprised how many times people go, oh, I missed that one. Because they review this one, review this one, review this one. And in the community, could you reduce those swollen and have them fall below the in $48? Anytime you can get them into a position of function with neurological function, again, it goes back to you can send home breaks that are totally look whacked, but as long as they're pulsar intact, neurovascular intact, yes. This is a dislocation, though. So if you can get the, the joint back in, and they're basically back to function, you actually could send them home. But the thing is, it needs to be, to, be, to be back, though. This thing doesn't work. Oops, wrong way. We're going to do this one, 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 one more, and then stop. All right, so who's up next? Kenny? With the fly about to fly in that mouth. So, victim of an MVA alert but can't look upward or to the right. It's an orbital blowout. Fracture. And this one is actually an inferior rec rectus is caught. All right, one final one. 45 year old male fell onto the right elbow when he jumped off his bar stool while being drunk in a bar barroom brawl. Yeah. <coughs> so this is not the uh, Galassetti fracture. Galliazzi. What bone is broken? Why would you be concerned if he got muggered before he came there? So what bone is broken? So this is what? It's going to be the M1. The M1. Montagnier. 
Montasia goes the year. The ulna fracture in a Montasia fracture is what is broken. Galeazzi, ra radius is broken. And they have a, you know, concomitant in the wrist, a, di a dislocation too, but this is what they like to test on. All right, thank you. Cool, thank you. How far did uh, we get on that? Still got lots more. Oh, yeah. <laughs>